Welcome to the Hockey Fix Podcast. My name is Connor David. Thanks for listening to us today. We really appreciate it. As always, hit us up on Twitter at the Hockey Fix or send us an email, thehockeyfix at iCloud.com. We are going to jump right in it today with Around the World of Sports. It is a jam-packed weekend of sports, the start of preseason hockey, second week of the NFL, third week of college football, and an amazing fight. So let's jump right into it. And the football, college football, Clemson over Louisville, 47-21. Clemson is really showing us what they're here to do. They are looking good, and their defense is unstoppable. With Lamar Jackson at the helm for Louisville, I thought this was going to be a lot closer of a game, but the defense for Clemson shut them down without a problem. Uh, I know we were looking at this game as to see, is Lamar Jackson a legitimate uh, candidate again for the Heisman Trophy? Joining Archie Griffin as the only one to ever win it twice. I, I don't know. I think he's still in the running, but uh, Clemson has showed us what they can do. USC squeezes out a win over Texas 27-24. Now, we thought, you know, we knew Texas wasn't as good as they've been in the past few years, and USC has been up on the rise. So to see this game so close was very surprising. LSU gets blown out by Mississippi State 37-7. LSU was ranked pretty high. They're not going to be anymore. And Tennessee loses in heartbreak fashion against Florida 26-20. Now, I tell you this, Tennessee was the better team. They looked better. All around, they were the better team this game uh, and and lost. And it's unfortunate, but it seems like Tennessee uh, finds a way to, to lose in games like this. And uh, we're looking at someone like Butch Jones, who's uh, definitely been on the hot seat here lately. So this cannot help him at all. On to the NFL, the Broncos stunned the Cowboys 42-17. to Now, I'm not stunned that the Broncos beat the Cowboys. I am stunned that they beat them 42-17. Uh, they could not get anything going on offense for the Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott, I think, had nine yards. Tom Brady outrushed Elliott this, this week. You know, Tom Brady, he doesn't ever rush. And he had more yards rushing than Elliott did this week. So that's definitely something to uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, the Falcon beat out the Packers 34-23. to Rodgers with, with a one pick and a fumble. Just uh, They just don't have it together. Got a lot of injuries on that team. Uh, just you know, I think they'll be all right come the end of the uh, the end of the season. They'll be in the playoffs, no doubt about it. But they're just uh, they're not clicking right now. So we'll see where that goes. And then last night, the Lions beat the Giants twenty four to ten. Two TD passes for the money man Matt Stafford, and just the Giants cannot get it going on offense. They look just their offensive line looked porous and horrible the entire game. Uh, Eli Manning's back there running for his life. So. Uh, you know, one thing I kept hearing this entire uh, preseason was that the uh, the Giants and the Cowboys were going to be the class of the NFC East. And now, what, the Giants are 0-2, the Cowboys are 1-1, the Redskins are 1-1, and Philadelphia is 1-1. So uh, it doesn't look like anybody's going to be the class of the NFC East this year. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right. Around to baseball. The Indians finally lose. And they had their 22 straight games, straight wins in a row snapped over the weekend. Um, so now they, they own the second longest uh, streak in baseball history at 22. So good job to the Cleveland Indians, who look like a clear favorite now to win the World Series. Uh, so we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. All right, on to the fight. Canelo Alvarez versus Triple G. What a fight. This was an incredible match from the first bell to the finish bell. And I tell you, these guys went at it the entire time. They left nothing out there. 
and then it gets ruined by a draw decision. And in my opinion, there shouldn't be draws. There shouldn't be ties in sports, and there shouldn't be draws. One person won, one person lost. Let's get it right. And this has been the problem with, with boxing for years and years and years. There's always been corruption in boxing. There's always been this sort of thing that hangs over. And the problem is, is that, yeah, we all know that what happened. And we know why. It's so that they get a, a rematch. Everybody wants to see a rematch. They're going to pay more money for it. And what happens? We forget by the time the rematch comes around when they're showing us clips of this match because there's no way in the world we wouldn't buy it again. It's unfortunate. But at the end of the day, we move forward and move on. Now, on to my favorite thing. Hockey has finally started. Ah, praise the Lord. NHL preseason started this weekend. And there were some really, really cool things that happened this weekend in hockey. We'll get into some of that as well. But I tell you, I had a, had a real good time watching some games. Um, Amy made a comment to me, said, look like a kid in a candy store sitting on the bed as soon as the game came on. And I'm a Caps fan, so as soon as I heard the guys come on, I just was grinning from ear to ear, just ready to hear some hockey. And, you know, it, it, it is preseason, so we know not all of the stars are going to be playing. And we know we don't have a full team out there. And we're going to have some holes, and it's not going to look great. But... It's back. That's all that matters right now. And that's it with Around the World Sports. Let's jump right into that preseason hockey. So the uh, the first night, I believe it was Saturday night, watching the, a few different games that were on, had the Flyers beating the Islanders 3-2 in overtime, John Tavares with that game-winning goal, the Golden Knights soaring past Vancouver 9-4, all on the back of undrafted free agent rookie Tyler Wong. This kid had, what, three, I think he had a hat trick. Yeah, he had three goals, just played incredibly well. Now, okay, like I said before, it's preseason, but, I mean, to see that happen um, for a guy like this is is indicative of what happened last year when we saw Austin Matthews in his first, uh, it was actually his uh, his first regular season game, scoring four goals. You know, things like this aren't, aren't a fluke. Now, they can be fluky, but that doesn't mean that it's a fluke. I definitely see this kid with some talent. There's no doubt about it. You put a guy on a stage like this, you see that talent come out, and you see them excel. So there's no doubt about it. You're going to see this kid do some do some good things. It might not be this year, but he's definitely got some talent. And I'll get into a little bit of, of what I saw from, uh, from the Caps game. I'm going to break that down a little later in the show. Um, but let's get into a little bit more about what we saw this weekend. So on to... Um, to the next night of hockey, September 18th, which would have been Sunday, right? No, Monday. Man, I've got my days mixed up. The first games, I believe, were on Sunday. The, the second games were last night on Monday. My apologies. So, uh, first off, you got the uh, um, the Devils beating the uh, the Caps 4-1. to one. Now, it was one of those games, again, I'll break this down a little bit later. The Caps didn't have a whole lot of people on the ice. Um, I think there was eight veterans they had their minimum eight out on the ice and uh and definitely played um played their young guys to see what we had it was one of those games so at the end of the day don't really take a whole lot into that but all in all it was good to see the boys back out on the ice all right let's see the islanders played in back-to-back -back nights lost to uh the rangers uh one to nothing in overtime in madison square garden uh rangers had uh andre pavlik in he made uh, 10 saves in the first two two periods. 
uh, actually looked pretty good. Uh, for Pavlik, uh, if you've seen him play for Winnipeg, you know that uh, he struggled in the past. Uh, one of the craziest memories I've ever, I've ever witnessed by watching a hockey game, it was years ago, but uh, I want to say it was still when they were in Atlanta, and uh, the camera kind of panned out a little bit from the broadcast, and all of a sudden you see Pavlik just pass out on the ice from standing in the crease. I mean, nothing was going on around him. I think it was intermission or before the game. It was something like that, but it was one of those crazy things that he just passed out. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Anyways, but uh, it definitely, uh, seeing Pavlik play that well, uh, we know he's not going to be in a starting role, of course, for the Rangers who have uh, King Hendrick, but it was good to see him actually put in some good work. Two periods, 10 saves, uh, looked pretty good. Then Brandon uh, Halverson made uh, seven saves uh, and finished out the game for him. Uh, Yaroslav Halak started in goal for the Islanders, making 22 saves in the two periods. Um, and uh, let's see, if the Rangers' preseason opener, the Islanders defeated Philadelphia 3-2 in overtime for their first game. So uh, definitely uh, seeing the Islanders um, these first couple of days. And, and I think they tend to spread it out like that a little bit. You'll play a couple back-to-backs here and there. You'll do this, you'll do that, and you kind of go from there. Uh, next game, like I said, Devils 4, Capitals 1. I'll get into that, break it down a little bit later. Uh, Hurricanes uh, 3-2 over the Sabres in overtime. Um, actually, the uh, the Buffalo Sabres looked pretty good. Uh, a lot of no-names in the uh, – I don't want to say no-names. A lot of guys we're not familiar with in the uh, – <clears throat> excuse me, in the box score. Uh, but for goalies, Robin Leonard started for the uh, Sabres, allowed two goals on 16, 16 shots. Uh, Linus Olmark made 11 saves and allowed that overtime goal uh, to Derek Ryan. All right, the Bruins, 3-2 over the Canadians. Uh, again, you know, a lot of people we wouldn't know. Uh, Brendan Gallagher scored 50 seconds in the second period uh, to give the Canadians a 2-0 lead. Uh, Malcolm Subban, PK's brother, allowed two goals on 14 shots. Uh, just somebody you might know. Al Montoya made 15 saves for the Canadians as well. Uh, Senators put up a six spot on the Maple Leafs and won 6-2. A uh, name you will know, Mike Hoffman scored twice in the first period for Ottawa. Uh, the Leafs looked a little disjointed, but again, you know, preseason, we'll see how they go. Uh, I know Austin Matthews and William Nylander uh, each scored a power play goal for the Leafs. Uh, so it's good to see them you know, continuing with uh, their offensive brilliance from last year. The Wild over the Jets, uh, I think this one actually finished in a shootout. Uh, Wild win at 3-2. Um, you know, Connor Hellebuck looked like he played the entire game, making 34 saves. Uh, Patrick Laline, Matthew Perot scoring for the Jets. Uh, so good stuff there. Line A, I'm sorry. I always I do it every single time. I look at his name and say, oh, it's Laline. No, it's Line A, Patrick Line A. <laughs> He's definitely showing what he can do as well. All right, Oilers and Flames. Oilers beat the Flames 5-2. to two. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Ryan Strom score for the Oilers. Cam Talbot making um, saves on all 11 shots that he faced. Uh, and Edward Pasquale uh, had 12 saves as well in that game. Uh, let's see. Does that wrap it up? Oh, it does. Oh, wait. One thing I did want to say about the um, the Calgary game, the Oilers and the Flames, um, Sean Monahan, Dougie Hamilton, TJ Brody, and Mark uh, Janowalski scored for the Flames. Mike Smith. Allowed four goals on 13 shots. Yikes. I know that the Flames were hoping that they shored up their goaltending situation a little bit, bringing in Mike Smith from Arizona. It doesn't look like that's been the case, and that's unfortunate because 
they they look like they have a team that can really do something. And with all of that firepower, I don't see it happening if Mike Smith can't step up and really play um, outstanding in the net. And he had a good run last year. There's no doubt about it. But I just I don't see with all of this stuff that we've seen from him, the, the back and forth, uh, he'll play good for, you know, for a stretch and then be poor or a whole season and then be poor. And now with a new team, he's really got to step it up to, uh, to make an impression there. All right, and that wraps it up for our uh, our first uh, couple of nights in preseason hockey. Like I said, it wasn't it wasn't always pretty, uh, but it was definitely just it was definitely good to see the guys out there on the ice um, getting it done. Always, always a great time of the year to see these guys out there. And I tell you, I love being able to see some guys that aren't going to be playing for our team this year or even maybe next year. But seeing some of these young kids out there, 18, you know, 19 years old, who could be the future of our franchises and the future of the NHL, it's great to see these guys get out there and compete. I especially love seeing the young goaltenders coming in and, and showing us what they have. Um, and, and a lot of times they are up against uh, elite talent as well. And uh, to be able to, to jump on that stage and show us what they have uh, is definitely a good thing. We definitely like seeing that. So um, want to give them a, a shout out as well. So uh, going to move on from, uh, from preseason hockey, going to go into the feel-good story of the week. So I, I've been playing around with this idea a little bit and got, got some good feedback about the story last week about the blind long snapper from, uh, from USC. Uh, people seem to like that story a lot. So I've been looking for some stuff to add in. I didn't really have anything this week that was on that level, but I did find a couple of cool stories that I'm just going to share briefly with you. So uh, in my digging for the feel-good story of the week, I found a, a forward for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Josh Archibald, had his three-week-old son, uh, Brecken, baptized in Lord Stanley's Cup. How cool is that? When Brecken is older, somebody says, oh, you know, what's, you know tell, us, tell us something about you. They always do that at, at classes and things like that. Or, you know, tell us one thing that nobody knows about you. Everybody's had a class where they've been to. And they said, tell us one thing nobody knows about you. And he says, well, you know, when I was three weeks old, I was baptized in the Lord Stanley Cup. And they say, what? That's got to be one of the coolest things ever. So, anyways, I thought that was a cool story. Uh, it is a penguin, so uh, I digress. All right, so J.J. Watt. Now, he's been the story and the talk of the NFL for years. He does some crazy stuff, some crazy videos. People make fun of him. But this is nothing to make fun about. $37.1 million raised for hurricane relief efforts. He set out a goal. I, I want to say at first it was only 500000 and then he jumped it to a million, and then he jumped it to this. And, the, and at the end of the $37.1 million in hurricane relief funds. Kudos to you, J.J. Watt. You are killing it, man. Uh, good job. This is just amazing. If that doesn't make you feel good, I don't know what will. And my last thing, it's not more. It's more of a toughness story than a feel-good story. Paul Richardson, a receiver for the uh, Seattle Seahawks, got a compound fracture of his ring finger. I want to say it was in the first half of the game. Now, if you're not sure what a compound fracture is, basically – it's broken and it's sticking out. So this guy had a bone sticking out the side of his finger, his ring finger. So it's right in the middle of your hand. It's not a pinky that can kind of be off to the side. It's a ring finger. It's right in the middle. Had a bone sticking out. Went in, had it repaired. You know, had it. I'm assuming they had to shove that bone right back in. They had to sew him up. 
tape him up, all of that stuff. And this guy comes out, and he catches the game-winning touchdown. Now, if I had a compound fracture and had a bone sticking out of my finger, I would be crying in the hospital, nobody touching me for days. This guy has it taped up and decides to just go right back out and catch the winning touchdown. So... Um, these, these guys are tough, man. Athletes are tough. We talk about hockey players being tough all the time. Athletes in general are tough. They do whatever it takes, whenever it takes to, to get it done. And, uh, and kudos to this guy, uh, what is Paul Richardson? I hadn't, I'd never heard of him before. Uh, but I tell you what, man, for him doing something like that, I'll definitely, uh, definitely keep his name in my head from, from here on out. All right, moving right along. We're going to get into our, our DC sports segment here. So first off, uh, you know, Redskins win this week. You know, they are one and one, so not a bad start to the season. Um, lost the game to, to Philly that they should have lost, but uh, beat a team in um, in LA who honestly they should have beat. LA looked good. The Rams uh, that is looked really good uh, in Week One, but I really didn't think that they were they were up to you know up to the level that a lot of people thought they were in Week One. And, uh, and they got brought back down to earth a little bit with the loss to the Redskins. So uh, good to see the Skins go out there and get a win this week. Uh, let's see. Oh, Redskins safety Sua Cravens placed on the reserve slash left the team list, ending his 2017 football season. We had heard rumors, I think, last week or the week before that he was planning on retiring, and then those rumors were quelled, and he said, oh, he'll be staying this year. Uh, apparently not. Uh, I didn't read much more into this, but basically it looks like he's just he's not coming back at least this year, which will free up some cap space for the the Redskins. And honestly, I don't think he started uh, game one. I know he didn't start last night or yesterday Sunday's game, uh, but I don't think he started week one either. But really, the talk of uh, of the Redskins this week uh, is uh, is Chris Thompson. He was actually I had him as a reserve uh, running back in my fantasy this week and didn't play him because my stupid butt had Ezekiel Elliott playing who got like a half a point or something crazy and I think Chris Thompson had like something like 20 points or something in fantasy football this week which is you know is great for a uh, a backup running back so um, he looked really really good this week that did some really good things uh, was very happy to see him take off if the Redskins can can power their offense behind one good running back and it looks like Thompson might be it uh, they might be able to do something this year they might be able to put some put some stuff together and again like I said before the uh, the Capitals do uh, lose to the Devils 4-1 last night and uh, so I'm going to do a bit of a breakdown over the game oh one thing before I before I get into that uh, Virginia Tech did win this past weekend as well they're another one of my teams, so I'm going to talk about them. Uh, they beat uh, East Carolina 64-17. to So one quick little story about this is I was kind of flipping back and forth between the Tennessee and Florida game and the Virginia Tech-East Carolina game. And in the first half, the, the East Carolina-Virginia Tech game was pretty close. And I was thinking to myself, you know, Tech's really, you know, they looked really good the first two, uh, the first two weeks. They've been moving the ball really, really well. And I see them, you know, it was probably the two series that I watched, they didn't move the ball at all uh, during that first half. And so I was like, all right, well, it looks like they're kind of slowing down a little bit. They're not really doing anything. And so I flipped back over to the Tennessee-Florida game, watched that for a while. And sure enough, I come back after halftime. You know, I don't remember how long into the game. I come back into halftime, and 
the Hokies had scored uh, like four touchdowns or something ridiculous. It was insane. And I was like, okay, well, I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess I know what game I'm going to watch now. So I flipped back over to the, uh, the, the Tennessee Florida game and, and kept on watching to, uh, to see Tennessee lose it in the end. But either way, uh, Virginia Tech's really been putting it on this year and they're really looking good. Um, I'm not sure that they're at that elite talent, like, uh, you know, uh, like the the top of the uh, the ACC with um, Florida State and Clemson. Well, Clemson more than Florida State right now, but um, I definitely see that uh, maybe in the next uh, year or so them growing into that. So we'll kind of see how it goes, but uh, I'm definitely excited to see what they've been doing there. All right, let's get right into it. We're going to start talking to uh, talking about this game that uh, that happened last night for uh, for the Caps. Now, one thing, and I made this comment, uh, I believe, um, in the post that we were doing back and forth, is I was I was looking forward to seeing this rookie, Nico, uh, the number one overall pick for uh, for the uh, in the NHL, but uh, he plays for the Devils. I was really looking forward to seeing what what this kid had. I had heard that you know he's very explosive and that he does some really just nasty stuff, and I was I was disappointed. Like uh, he was out there a lot, and I just I didn't see him do a whole lot. Now he did have a goal. And the goal that he had was was pretty. There's no doubt about it. He stashed in a place that that was very very hard to get to, right behind the leg, right before he got to the post on uh, Vitek Vanacek. But all in all, I didn't see that explosiveness. I didn't see that that push that I kept hearing I was going to see about this kid. And so I got to say I was a little disappointed. Now, again, it's the first preseason game. What are you going to do? Uh, you know, I wasn't I wasn't like super disappointed, but I was hoping to at least see something. You know, you think you're the got the number one pick. You know, in Connor McDavid or in Austin Matthews. You know, just all of those high draft picks. You want to see him come out and do something. You know, even though it was against my Caps, I wanted to see what he could do. And uh, I, like I said, I was I was I was a little disappointed. So, anyways, we'll move right on. So the one thing I did notice about the Capitals, and we just had poor defensive play all around, just poor defensive play. And to be honest with you, that's understandable. I mean, I think it was John Carlson and Taylor Choney were, were the only two uh, veterans on the blue line for the Caps last night. So we kind of expect, I, I kind of expected it. But when I saw John Carlson have two, maybe three, there was a third one that could have been just total mental lapses in defense uh, really made me worry. Now, Carlson hasn't always had to be that steady defensive defenseman. He's always been given a little bit of rain to, to join the offense, to step up a little bit, and, and to hold the play in at the blue line when he's, all, when he's had another guy to back him up. His other partner, uh, his defensive partner, Alsner, for a long time, would be the guy who would be back a little bit. So if he pushed up and a play like he made last night where he's trying to keep the puck in the zone and he oversteps it or misses it and the puck gets by him, he's now off to the races. Well, you know, he's used to having Alsner back behind him. Well, now he doesn't have that. So we've got to find, you know, what we can do to find to that. So I was a little disappointed in, uh, in Carlson's play last night. Overall, I was disappointed in, in the defensive play. But, again, it's the first preseason game. Not going to get too down on him. Uh, one really bright spot was uh, this young Aussie kid, Nathan Walker, where he had the uh, the lone goal from the Caps from last night. This kid really, really looks good. I thought he looked good last year in preseason and in uh, rookie mini camps. I think he's he's going to be a really good hockey player. Now, when I say really good hockey player, he's going to be probably a bottom six forward, 
but I think he's got some really, really good talent. He's gritty. He's fast. He doesn't take any flack from anybody. And he's always in the right spot. And those are things that, that you can't teach. You can't teach a guy to be in the right spot. You can't teach a guy to be gritty. You can't, well, you can teach speed some, but you need, typically you have it or you're not. You're gritty or you're not. And this kid's got those things. And it's good to see um, some development on the forward ranks for the Capitals. Uh, we've drafted so many defensemen in the past few years. It's been like that's all we're out there to do. And this kid kind of comes along. And is actually the first Australian uh, drafted into the NHL, which I thought was pretty cool as well. But he's definitely looking good, <clears throat> and I'm hoping he he makes it outright this year. And I hope to see him on that uh, on that fourth line, uh, seeing what he can do. Maybe even making it up to the third line. So uh, on to the goaltending. Solid last night from Holby. Uh, anybody who had any reservations about Holby not playing well because he had some you know some hiccups there in the uh, in the playoffs which honestly he didn't play badly. I've heard some people say he did. I don't think so. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, he looked great. Only uh, only let in the one goal. He was blocked on the goal. There was like five guys standing in front of him, and it uh, it was a kind of a, a weird ricochet off of, off of a player's leg. It looked like and probably stick as well. So, I, you know, the goalies are not going to stop those nine times out of ten. A great goalie to me is one that you know makes one or two saves that they shouldn't make in a game, and, and he definitely did that last night. And then uh, the young kid uh, Vanacek, he looked decent in goal. He looked a little rattled when uh, when he had the uh, the breakaway coming at him, um, and uh, he kind of lost his stick, lost his footing a little bit. And uh, I think it was Stepniak ended up getting the goal on him right between the uh, the wickets there, but. You know, he did look solid. He's going to be back down in the ECHL, I'm sure. Uh, maybe even back in the, you know, back up in the uh, in the AHL. I'm not sure how the uh, the goaltending situation is going to pan out there. But um, overall, I think uh, I think that that went well. But definitely a bright spot for us was the um, was the goaltending uh, of Holby. Good to see him out there. Uh, Alex Chason, who's uh, one of our players on a uh, on a PTO, had a decent night. But, you know, all in all, it was just uh, – I don't think it was enough. Anytime you're on a PTO, you know, you're on a tryout agreement with a, with a club, you've got to really make yourself stand out. And um, if you don't, you're not going to be around. It's just we've got enough uh, young kids that we've drafted, enough people that are in there that if, uh, if you don't really show yourself in the time that you have to play, uh, you're not really going to do a whole lot. Um, and then the last thing uh, in my breaking down of the game – is we've gonna we're gonna have to have some uh, some of our guys step up, um, and in my eyes, uh, Burakovsky is gonna have to be one of those people. Uh, with the loss of Justin Williams and Marcus Johansson this offseason, we're gonna have to have guys like Burakovsky really step up and score some some goals. Uh, if we can't do that, then we're not gonna we're not gonna go very far. So we've really got to get these guys to step up. We're gonna have some guys, you know, Tom Wilson, Burakovsky. These are guys that really are gonna have to to take strides. And score some good goals this year, um, get some good five-on-five five play out of them as well, and that's where we're where we're going to be at. So, um, you know, I, I was really I was disappointed in the overall outcome of the game. Of course, we lost four to one to the Devils, who are one of the worst teams in the NHL last year. But at the end of the day, I saw some good things. I saw some bright things. Uh, I saw some things that we can work on, and I think the coaches did as well. <clears throat> All right, so. I'm going to move on into my rant of the day because it kind of flows in right with, with this game. 
So if you watched the game last night, uh, you were probably disappointed in the fact that the whistle blew literally every 10 or 15 seconds. It was it bordered on 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 the ridiculous, honestly. Now, first and foremost, I want to say I'm not one who likes to complain about uh, the referees a whole lot. Every once in a while, I'll get a little antsy or get a little pissy about, you know, we didn't get these calls and you know they kept calling us for things that the other team was doing. And as a Caps fan, you, you know, if you're a Caps fan too, you'll know that that happens to us quite a bit. But at the end of the day, I attribute that to a lot of different things, my bias being one of them. So I try and give the, uh, the refs the benefit of the doubt. But what they did last night, just it ruined a, a perfectly good preseason game. And, and let, me, let me be clear, they didn't do anything wrong per se. They were consistent in their calls. Uh, I want to say there was, uh, let's see, I got it here. I think there was 20, yeah, 20 penalty minutes for each club. There was 10 penalties for the Caps. There were 10 for the Devils. So there was, it, it wasn't like they, you know, uh, they were one-sided. Uh, it wasn't like they were calling, you know, things that they, they shouldn't. I would say everything that they called was an actual penalty. Um, a lot of slashing calls. And, you know, one of the good things, too, was is during the, uh, I think it was the second intermission, they showed a video of what they're looking at and why they're looking at, um, you know, calling these things. And, and with slashing, they showed, you know, this is what we're looking for. This is why we're calling it. And the one that really got me was the, the face-off violations. I don't know that I've ever seen a penalty called for a face-off violation. And basically, it is if, if a player gets, a, or if a team gets ejected, you know, uh, twice in a row, then it's a bench minor for um, uh, for face-off violation. So if you go in there, you get excused from the dot, the next guy goes in there, he's excused as well, it's automatically a minor penalty. We had three of those, and the Devils had three of those. Now, I'd never seen it called ever in a game in my entire life. Now, I know it's a rule, and I think it's been a rule for a while in, in my estimation, but it was, it, was, it was a little insane. Now... I, and when we watch the video, I understand why they're doing it. Apparently, when they're too close together, their heads can butt, things like that can happen. We might get, <coughs> excuse me, a small concussion, something like that. Or the repeated, you know, butts to the head can, you know, uh, lead to, to different things and things like that. So I understand the reasons behind it. But what they did last night was, was completely unnecessary. They blew the whistle and blew the whistle and blew the whistle. And let me get to, to my final point, because if you watched the game, you were probably upset with it as well. In the preseason, we've got a lot of guys out there, and each team does, that aren't going to make this club, that might not ever make this club at all. And this is one of the only times that they'll get to play in front of all of these people, to play in an NHL arena and to show the coaches, the scouts, all the people watching what they have. And some of them don't play on the power play or don't play on the penalty kill. So all they, all, the only time that they would get is when we had five-on-five five time. And there was so little five-on-five five play last night that there were some guys that, that weren't seen, that weren't able to be out there enough to be seen. And, and honestly, they might, we might not ever see them play in a Caps uniform again or Devils uniform or whatever team you like. And that's the problem I have with this. It's not that, that the, you know, we know what's going to happen. It happens every year. 
the NHL puts out these guidelines and says, hey, make sure you call this a little tighter. Make sure you call that a little tighter. And it happens for the first month and a half of the season, and then it goes on about its way, and we don't hear from them again until right before the playoffs, and then they start talking again. And then in the playoffs, they just decide they don't call anything, and that's just how it is. So, you know, come to playoffs, you'll be able to take a stick and whack it over a guy's wrist, and it'll be fine. You'll be able to encroach on the play on the faceoff dot. Nobody's going to care. But let's have a preseason game be a preseason game. And it's just, it, it got to the point last night where, like, it literally was ridiculous. I actually saw a few people comment in, in the thread that they were just done. They weren't going to watch it anymore. They just, they just couldn't deal with the fact. And it was, it was, it was I think it was 930 when I looked up, and there was still 12 minutes left in the game, and the game started at 7. Now, granted, being preseason, things run a little bit different. They had the goalies switch out, warming them up and things like that. So that adds time, but not that much time. Usually by 9.30, the game's over if it started at 7 because I'm going to bed. So when I looked up at 9.30 when I was getting ready for bed and noticed that there was still 12 minutes left, there's something wrong there. So... I hope the NHL takes a look at that, and I hope they say, you know what, we do need to, to concentrate on this. We do need to take these, you know, the, the inadvertent slashing of, of people's wrists and things like that out of the game, um, the headbutts during the um, uh, the inadvertent headbutts during the uh, the faceoff. But let's try and gradually get there. Let's not, you know, blow a whistle every five seconds in a in a preseason game, and really do a disservice to not just the fans. Because, you know, fans were disappointed. I understand that. Fans are going to be disappointed at anything that happens and, and upset with stuff like this. But this, is to me, is for the players. We want to see the players out there doing their best, doing what they can, and in the opportunities that they're given. And honestly, this little opportunity that some of these some of these kids had to, to show what they have um, was a little ridiculous. And, and, and it really upset me. So, um, you know, let's let's try and get that right. Uh, I just, I, I don't, I don't really understand why I, I've, I've seen it in the past too. So it's not like this is the first year. I just don't understand what the, what the point is. Yes. The refs are trying to, to warm up themselves as well. They're trying to get into their rhythm. They're trying to make sure they're, they're looking at everything, but you know, and trying to keep the peace and all that, because a lot of emotions run high in preseason games. Somebody wants to get a look, so they're going to hit harder. They might get in a fight and things like that. But there's a difference between making sure you have control over a situation and control over the game and then turning it into your game. Uh, this is a, a hockey game, not a, not a referee game. We don't come to see the refs. And, and, the, and the players, I think, deserve better. The NHL deserves better. And the problem I see is you get casual fans who come back and forth. And like I said, several people said, I'm not watching this anymore. Can you imagine a casual fan turning on the, the Caps-Devils game last night and seeing whistle after whistle after whistle and little, you know, little play at all? It was all play for a few minutes and stop, whistle. Play for a few minutes, stop, whistle. Whistle, stop, whistle. And I would have cut it off if, if I didn't love hockey. So it, it's just it's something the NHL needs to look at and, and take a hard look at it. I want them to be consistent. I want them to make sure that they make the right calls. I want people to be safe out on the ice. But there are better ways to do it. All right. That ends it for us. We're a little bit over our half-hour time. So uh, look for the uh, the Hockey Fix podcast to start coming out a little more frequently now that the uh, season's going to be starting soon. 
I'm going to try and shoot for uh, twice a week, maybe three times. We'll see how it goes. Again, thanks again. I'm Connor David. Hit us up on Twitter at the Hockey Fix or uh, on email, thehockeyfix at iCloud.com. Thanks again.